Melbourne AA Steps Weekend 2006. This is John talking about Step 2. Good morning everyone, I'm John, I'm an alcoholic. And so today, and it's through the grace of God and the Fellowship of Alcoholics Anonymous, I have no doubt in my mind. Um, step two in coming to believe that a power greater than yourself can restore you to sanity. It took me a while to accept that. Because I'd uh, lost contact through my drinking that with God as I understand him. Come about by an experience I had when I was younger. And I build up something that's um, very dangerous to an alcoholic to try to recover. It's uh, a word called prejudice. Mentioned many, many times in We Agnostic. Probably seven or eight times, I think, roughly about that. So it's a very important word that an alcoholic needs to really consider when they're trying to recover from alcoholism. I'll just speak, this, I didn't realise, uh, just before I got to Alcoholics Anonymous, that I was undergoing spiritual experiences and changes in my life. I was unaware of it. But just the very fact of how I got to Alcoholics Anonymous, my family and uh, had all gone, left, and I was left all alone and didn't know where they were, couldn't find contact with them in any way, and I thought to myself, I'll go and um, see a priest and he should have all the contacts, you know, through social circles and all that type of thing, social workers. He'll be able to help me. Anyway, I made an appointment. I rang up and made an appointment to see this priest on this particular day. I'd never met this person, mind you. Didn't tell him what I wanted to speak about, just told him I needed to speak about a few things. Turned up next morning at the presbytery and the housekeeper proceeded to tell me he'd gone out to have a game of golf. This is true, he'd gone out to have a game of golf. Because I was hung over and feeling really sick and sorry for myself. Wasn't very happy with the fact that he'd gone out to have a game of golf. Just excuse me a minute. <coughs> excuse me. I can never ever help but feel very emotional about the way I found alcoholics anonymous. Normally I would have just turned and walked away, you know, and I was feeling pretty angry. But something kept me standing there, and I know it was God today. 
and the housekeeper said, the priest is not here, but the secretary of the parish is in his office, would he be able to help you? And because of, because of the uh, motives I had for being there, to try and locate where my family were, I quickly thought he, he'll have as many contacts as what the priest would. So I accepted and I went in to lead me through to his office and within less than a minute of talking to this person, I hadn't even mentioned the reason why I was there, my motive for why I was there. But I admitted to this person I was in big trouble with alcohol and he told me that he was a member of Alcoholics Anonymous. and he may be able to help me. And it was from there that my journey was to start. Just because you've been, haven't had a drink for a long time, it doesn't mean that you can't be emotional about your recovery. I think it's very good. I'm really happy today that I can really feel things, you know, because I couldn't feel things back then. I remember my first meeting of Alcoholics Anonymous. It was in a doctor's surgery in a place called Seymour. I walked in, there was a little alcove. And I started looking for hoods. Because I thought, being anonymous, you'd have to wear a hood. So no one know that. That's how sick I was. I mean that. That's truly how I really felt. But there wasn't any hoods. There's a couple of people there I actually knew. <laughs> you know, for the next 18 months, so I heard that first meeting that night that I could walk out of that room and then never drink again a day at a time if I so desired. For the next 18 months, I saturated myself in meetings of Alcoholics Anonymous, but I didn't realize, realize the depth or the gravity of my illness. And of course, just thinking I was safe because I wasn't drinking, you know, just did not understand. So I had a fair bit of learning to do ahead. And about the 18 month mark, because I was still full as I can see today of resentment and fear, self-pity, self-loathing, envy, jealousy it was all steaming inside me and, and that was the ingredients for me to go back and drink again on several occasions until I picked up a drink back in 1984 and I ended up in a place at Mont Park for a period of time in a now psychiatric ward and then I spent about seven months in Greswell which no longer exists, as a lot of you know. I made a pact, you know, with God. But I could see I wasn't really serious, but I was serious enough that um, I'd try not to have a drink a day at a time and do what I had to to get well.
But I suppose it was nearly two years this time around, since that day that I was walking down the street one day, beautiful sunny day, consciously seemingly nothing amiss in my life, but there was plenty amiss. And I was to realise uh, how deep this illness goes in the subconscious mind, you know. And out of the blue come this terrible obsession to drink again. And I knew it was for real. How did I know it was for real? Because I've already told her that I, I drank on several occasions since coming into Alcoholics Anonymous in this first couple of years around. I remember I rushed home, locked myself in my flat, and this is the first time I'd really, I remembered a paragraph that I'd been reading in the big book. And it's the end on the chapter more about alcoholism. You know, about once more at certain times the alcoholic has defences against the first drink. No human being can provide such a defence. That defence must come from a power greater than oneself. And I remembered that and I got down on my knees and I asked God for help for the first time. See, what I'd done is I'd accepted that I was an alcoholic and I was totally powerless over alcohol my life was unmanageable. And what I was really accepting even more was the fact that I was insane where alcohol was concerned. And that's the insanity that I deal with in my recovery. Not all the insane things I might have done so much, but you know, once an alcoholic is restored to sanity regarding alcohol, I can behave much like a normal human being. But I'm insane where alcohol is concerned. That help that I asked for on that day, within 10 minutes there was a knock on my door from a chap who I hadn't seen for nine months in Alcoholics Anonymous. And he said he was driving past and he'd heard that I was living in the area, so he decided to stop. This is true. And he came looking for me and he found the set of block of units that I was living in. And he asked around and they said, oh, that'll be the bloke that's living upstairs. Up, knock on the door and it was him, you know, and we started talking and that obsession that I had for alcohol left me. And that was just over two years this time around and that happened just over 19 and a half years ago. I've never ever had that obsession return. That's how I come to believe that a power of other myself can restore me to sanity. You know? There's no action required for step two or one. It's honest reflection. That's what's required. Once I accepted that I was powerless over alcohol in my life was unmanageable, I then seen the need for step two. You know, it uh, can be a difficult place for an alcoholic to come to the idea that you're too sick to run your own life. And that's what it requires, really.
these first two steps have been very deep reflection, honest reflection. AA never convinced me that I was an alcoholic and that I was insane where alcohol was concerned. Alcohol done that. You know, it talks about it in the big book, you know, that alcohol is the great persuader. Not AA, not members of AA, but alcohol is the great persuader to every alcoholic, you know. And it beat me down enough where I'd become willing to become willing to become willing. And uh, like I said, my life has just changed, you know, it, it has. From a very angry, aggressive, revengeful person, you know. Today I live a fairly quiet life, you know. Um, I married my wife, so also a long time sober member of Alcoholics Anonymous, and we're very fortunate, you know, we have the program in our lives. Uh, and because I'm being restored to sanity a day at a time, um, I can act just much like a, a normal person in my life. You know, I've got, uh, we've got seven children between us and ten grandchildren. I don't know whether any more is on the way at the moment, but, uh, uh, yeah. Look, I am just so grateful to be sober. But more importantly, I'm grateful to be free of that terrible obsession to drink alcohol, you know? You know, and I've seen a sign quite a long time ago and it said, the elevator to recovery is out of order. Please use the steps. I've been, I've been a member of, uh, I've been a member of, uh, Steps Groups since about 1985. I've never ever got away from a Steps Group. I've always since then made it my home group. Whether it be in Melbourne, or when I was on the Gold Coast, or when I was living in Bendigo. And that's where I met David and Chris. Uh, was in Bendigo. And you mightn't believe in it, but there was more meat and a bit of barbed wire than was on David when he first came to AA. <laughs> so, you know, like me too, and I'm getting a bit on me as well, you know. So, yeah. It's, it's very good, you know. Uh, I can see the power of the program, you know. I can see what coming to believe in a power of greater than oneself, you know, because has to do because um, you know in the big book it speaks about um, you know that uh, if you find that when you drink and that you can't control the amount you take you may be an alcoholic in that case you may be suffering from an illness which only a spiritual experience will conquer and AA is one big spiritual experience life is one big spiritual experience um, I haven't had the need to drink today, you know, and more importantly, I haven't had the need to behave in the manner that I used to behave in, so I'm, I'm being restored to sanity one day at a time. Um, 
you know, even last night, you know, I went to the uh, the football, you know, I'm a Mayor Collingwood supporter, but I'm very, 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 very calm at the football nowadays. Even there, you know. I hardly said a word last night, you know. I think I only jumped up twice, which is not bad. But, um, you know, so I'm becoming a calmer person. I'm being restored to sanity all the time. See, I'm, I'm enjoying life. I'm just doing things that normal people do in a normal life. And I haven't had that need, you know, to be like I used to be. I've undergone a major emotional upheaval in my life. Today I'm gradually getting a, slowly but surely, you know, getting a bit of a relationship going with my own children. They had nothing to do with me many, many years in recovery. But I learnt that, um, that family or no family, you know, wife or no wife, job or no job. I simply couldn't stop drinking until I realised that I was powerless and I was too sick to run my own life. And I keep saying that because that's the thing that I believe the alcoholic has to reach that state in their mind, that point where you are too sick to run your own life. Because until I'd done that, there was no need for step two. There was no need for step two until I accepted how unmanageable my life was. And, and I reckon the greatest part of unmanageability in my life was because of my resentments and my fears and my angers, my self-pity, my revengeful attitudes, my jealousies, all those sorts of things. My sex conduct, the whole lot. So I had a lot of things to be restored to sanity. And um, it's great to be here. This is a great venue, isn't it? You know, uh, geez, I remember some of these venues, you know, even more posh than this, you know, I used to go to when I was drinking, you know. And I'd end up on tables and falling off and split my head open or get into a blue with somebody. I don't think that'll happen today somehow. Though <laughs> <coughs> so you never know. <laughs> You're only one drink away from a drunk, a whole lot of us, you know. And... I'm really glad to be here. I spoke for long enough and um, I hope you all have a great day and a great weekend and thank you for being here. Thanks for sharing. Information about the annual Melbourne Alcoholics Anonymous Steps Weekend is available from www.stepsweekend.aagroup.org.au Thanks for letting us share.